Production. Recorded live. November the 5th, 2015, from Coolidge, Arizona. We welcome all of you aboard. We're in Revelation 12, but we're going to start with uh, chapter 11 and verse 19. And what we're doing tonight, uh, the last two weeks, we have reviewed our views on um, the second coming and those notes are available if you don't have them. They're worth studying, in my opinion. Tonight, we're going to do just a textual reading of chapter 12. We've been through all the historical portions of it uh, with uh, our views on that. But tonight, before we get into chapter 13, we want to bring everybody up to speed with just the text. I will be making a few uh, inserts from the Greek not many, but enough to try to define a, a, a little different uh, view than you would get simply from the English. So in other words, just enough to make someone mad. Yeah, yeah, as Alex says, just enough to make someone mad, and of course that is our divine objective. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, chapter, chapter 11 and verse 20, and I'm going, only going to be using... Um, of the uh, interlinear text here, and that's in King James, by the way. So in verse 19, and, and the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the Ark of the Covenant, and there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake, and great hail. Typical Arizona storm. Now notice verse 19 that we've just read. Uh, The shrine, the temple, of the God, and then it says, the, the one in the heaven. What's that a clue? Location. It's a specific here in this case. <clears throat> and so, <clears throat> what does that at least suggest about the heaven? Was there a physical temple in? The heavens, or heaven where God is, when we think of heaven in, in, the, in the big sense, or because we have a definite article, the one in the heaven, when it's a definite article, he's talking about something very specific, and it's the heaven where the shrine and The covenant, the Ark of the Covenant was. So what heaven is that talking about? Where was the Ark of the Covenant? In Jerusalem. So I'm I'm, I'm suggesting here now that this verse gets us started. The temple of God was opened in the heaven. Because the temple of God wasn't ever in the heaven of the universe. 
It was in the heavens that is the concentration of our thinking in the book of Revelation. So he's, he's, uh, he's suggesting here or teaching us that the temple of God, the one that was opened in the heaven, and that's, that's, that's the temple in Jerusalem, and there were seen in this temple what? So obviously he's writing here about a time when what has not been destroyed yet? The physical temple. All right, the temple has not been destroyed yet because this is about uh, the heaven, heaven and earth, the heaven and earth of the of Judaism. And in there was the Ark of the Covenant. And now when this is opened, there were lightnings, voices, thunderings, earthquake, and a great hail. Symbolic of things that would take place and be visible from an earth, earthly point of view about what's going on in the temple of Jerusalem. Now, verse 12, I mean, chapter 12 and verse 1. That's just to introduce to us what I, what I believe he's talking about here. <clears throat> verse 12, I mean, uh, uh, chapter 12, verse 1. And um, there appeared a great wonder in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and under her head a crown of 12 stars. And who have we previously discussed that as making reference to? All right, uh, of Judaism, because the uh, the stars and and we're referring to the twelve sons of Jacob, and you'll notice that this is all obvious. Judah talking about here, and there appeared in great heaven in, in uh, a and there appeared a great heaven in. What? What's missing in the English? The article. <clears throat> so we're talking about the same thing here that we're talking about or concluded chapter 11 with, that he's talking about the, the heaven or the, the heaven where Judah is situated. And she's referred to here as a in verse 1, okay, anybody just know? 1, oh, okay, down here. Chapter 12, verse 1. And so there appeared in, appeared a great wonder in the heaven, the specific specific heaven of what? Have I lost everybody? I was looking for it on the sheet, and oh no, I don't. We don't. I don't have any of this. Yeah. And this sign appeared in in where? In the heaven. In the heaven, and we've already given some, you know, maybe not adequate, but enough evidence to support this that he's talking here, not about the heavenly heavenlies. He's talking here about the heavenly Jerusalem. 
the, the, not the new Jerusalem yet because there's still a temple there. He's talking about a great a, um, a sign, a great sign was seen in the heaven, and that sign is what he sees is Judah. Now we've, one of the lessons we discussed all of, all of that, so I wasn't going to go into the historical portion of it, but here we have then uh, speaking specifically of what heaven? Of Jerusalem, of the temple. And the heaven is referring to the temple because that's where God's habitat was. So that's referred to as the Jewish heaven. And uh, that's the holy of holies. The holy place is referred to, and Jerusalem, the city, uh, was referred to as the earth. We've all been there, haven't we, before? We've had some lessons on uh, heaven and earth will not pass away until the law, or the law will not pass away until heaven and earth pass away. We've been through all that, haven't we? Okay, I I may be a little rusty on that. So, anyway, so we have Judah... Here, and Judah was situated where? In in the heaven, in the heaven. That's what he's describing here. And this woman that is apparent in the heaven, talking about what's taking place in Jerusalem, and particularly the temple of uh, Jerusalem of the of the Judaites. Judaizers, <laughs> but of the Jews, the Jewish people. And <clears throat> the moon under her feet, you remember, that's all described in Genesis, referring to the family of Jacob. And they're all, all of those terms are used, the moon and, and uh, the sun and the stars, and um, that's the 12, the crown of 12 stars. And she being, in verse 2, she being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and painted, or um, I'm having a hard time reading this, and pain to be delivered. So Christ came from whom? All right, he came from the Jews. And he was sent from, from the Jews to the house of Israel. Israel. And if you, you don't need to turn here, but in, um, I think it's John 1.11, he came unto his own people, and they rejected him. But that's who he came to. He came to the house of Israel. He went to the Jewish people. And so, anyway, back in verse 2, he, she being with child cried, Travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. So here we have Judah, not talking about Mary, talking about the people from whom Jesus came. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns. And when we were discussing the historical part of this, here, uh, we notice that the woman represents um, uh, Judah, the, the nation of Israel, the tribe of Judah. She produced 
the man-child Jesus. And um, but we've been through that material already, so we're we're just giving a, a reading of the text itself here tonight. Uh, so we have a, a great red dragon have, having seven heads and ten horns, and uh, they they represent um, um, authority. And again, we've been through that. And seven crowns upon his heads in verse four, and his tail drew the third part of the stars belonging where? All right. Stars of the heaven. Not out of the heaven heavens, but out of the Jewish heaven. And his his tail drew a third part of the stars of the heaven, and he cast them to the Jewish earth, and the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Not much to add there. <clears throat> and she brought forth a man-child who was to... Now remember our discussion on this phrase, this area in here. She brought forth a man-child... And I need to go to the Greek there, Alex. You notice here, um, I saw, then I think it was down, down, oh, there it is on the right. And she brought forth a man-child who was about, you see that? It's mellow. Who was about. You ought to make a note of that because otherwise it's pretty easy to slip over it. Who was about to shepherd all the nations. Now, how does that already begin now to to indicate a change of what was about to happen here? Because what was the promise to Judah? And then it would go from him to whom? With the Messiah to all the nations. So here, then we have it introduced here, who he is the one, he is the answer to the promise made in Genesis chapter 12, that he's, he is about to rule. Not there yet, but he is about to rule all the nations with a shepherd, with a staff of the shepherd. The word rod is um, um, we can look it up, but it's it's uh, it's a word from the shepherd, um, like a scepter or a staff. And uh, kingship, yeah. So, see, that's all missed in the English. And when we say he was going, he, he was to rule, rather than about to rule, and rule all the nations as compared with just Judah, uh, and in a staff of 
iron. And I think we get, we have a whole lesson on that, so uh, you can um, go back and make reference to that if you need to. And what happens then to this child that has has this very noble cause? It tells you what he's about to do, what he's coming to, what he has what's going to result from his having come, but now here he is about to rule all the nations with a rod of iron, and then what happens? He was caught up. He was caught up unto God and to his throne. Is verse 5 completed there? So you mean that he ruled all the nations? The about to rule was all completed? I don't think so. No. See, none of all it state, all it gives us here, and by the way, this is trying to be a lesson in reading. All that he really says there, she gives birth to a child who is about. And of course, from the standpoint of Revelation, it's not far off. But he's about he's about to to shepherd all nations with a staff of iron. And then what happens? She's he's caught up. And now the people who are remaining, see these three things, folks? His throne. His throne is is that God's throne? You know it. Um, I would suggest that it's the throne in 1 Corinthians 15 that he was delegated by God to sit on until he accomplishes his feet here. And then it turns back to God. That's just an idea. Well, with the timeline, it has to be, pretty much. I think so. He He sat... In his father's right hand, as the scripture says. That's right. He will be there on un, un, until things are ta- all the things that are taking place so that he can return and do here to rule all the nations and shepherd them. And the word rule there really means it's a shepherding term again. So we, we have to remember this order. So Judah is producing the man-child... The man-child has a purpose. He's shepherding all the nations with a rod of iron. But before he can get started on that, what happens to him again? Her child was caught up to God and to God's throne. Because his, if the antecedents are right, would be God's throne. And then he delegates Christ to sit on the throne in 1 Corinthians 15, I think, 27. Do we need to go there for now? Um, That's something we can do, but I don't think we need to do that. I won't get through here tonight if I take too many um, rabbit trails. But these are things that that too many folks are skipping over. So now, here, here, where's the sun? 
the one the man child who was had a pro, uh, uh, had, had a job to do with God. He's with God, and we believe that he's sitting on the throne or the part of the throne that was delegated to him to sit on until everything is completed when everything would come back to God so that God could be all in all. I think that's close enough, and that's, uh, that's again in 1 Corinthians 15. Now, what happened to the woman who gave birth? What happened to Judah? She's still there, Right? But that's right. She's still there, but she's having to flee. Something's gone awry. And where did she flee to? Into the wilderness. And we had a lesson on that, uh, where she she had a place prepared of God. And they should feed her there in that place a thousand two hundred and three score days. That's twelve hundred and sixty days. Now we need to we need to skip. Because in verses seven, if you notice if you have notes tonight, even though this is a repeat of a previous lesson, now we're coming down a little bit, a little below halfway down to verses 7 through 12 because now we have introduced to us a parenthetical section and it's providing the reason for Israel's uh, flight in verses 6 and 14 in that, in, in that uh, section that's parenthetical. So let's skip down now to verse 13. So the first, the first six verses are dealing with what we have just read and, I think, explained. How would somebody summarize those first six verses so far? In verse 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. What have we been going over? I was born and went up, was caught up to God, and the woman fled to the wilderness. All right. Now, that's, that's, that's about it. So now we skip down to verse 13. And in verse 13... Of chapter 12? Uh, yeah, everything's here is chapter 12. <clears throat> chapter... Um, 12, and when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. Now, we're going to find in verses 7, hi Nolan, we're going to see in verses 7 through 12 uh, the reason for Israel's flight. But right now, let's, let's get where we are carefully, deeply instilled in our minds so that we can think about it as we drive, fly, or kite. So when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, who did he latch out against? The woman. All right. The woman who had done what? Given birth to the male child. All right. Now verse 12. And and remember, we're just doing a textual reading. And to the woman 
were given two wings of a great eagle. How many wings does most, do most eagles have? Two. 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 So nothing unusual there. And both wings. If he just had one wing, what would happen? Fall, fall, fall over. It would just go around in circles, right? Like most of the churches today. Uh, an eagle with one wing. And she was given two wings of an eagle. Great dis- Verse 14. I'm just going right down the line. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might do what? Fly into, into the wilderness that we just read about where? In verse 6, the place that she had had prepared for her, she now was equipped, however she did this, isn't explained, it's just given to us, that she was, she, there was a place prepared and she was equipped to fly, or I mean to, um, to go to the protection. That she might fly into the wilderness, into her place, her place because it had been prepared for her, where she is nourished for time and times and half a time. That's the same as the twelve sixty or whatever the, it was. That's the twelve sixty. So they're talking about the same event. Verses one through six is telling it how it came about. Verses seven through twelve are going to provide us the reason for Israel's flight in verse 6 and 14. Verse 14 gives us the same time frame as we had in verse 6. And just that now the concentration is on her being enabled to get to a place that God had prepared for her. Now, did the, did, did the dragon like this? So, okay, and verse 15. I think 15, he was real thrilled. And what's that? He was not thrilled. He was not he thrilled with this. So, the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman. He did not like her escaping. What had she done? First, birth. she had given birth to the man child. Then she ran away. And then she was enabled to do what? Escape. To escape. And by the way, you can read this in Matthew 24 as well. And, and, um, and so Satan comes after her, or the dragon at this point, and tried to, as a flood, as a flood, as a river, doesn't say it was, but like that, and that, that it would sweep her off her feet and keep her from getting to the destination that God had prepared for her. But something, something else takes place in verse 16. Earth helped the woman. All right. You see, God had prepared a place. Who can remember offhand 
what we suggested from Scripture where that place was. Who can remember? Just don't don't worry about being right. Remember we had our discussion? Um, what? I didn't hear. Petra? Oh, yeah, Petra as a possibility. There's a couple of possibilities, but that was a place... Um, uh, very likely, and it meets all the requirements of both the Old Testament and the New Testament, as well as another place or two. So the point is that she had a place. It had been prepared. He tried to get her, he tried to keep her from getting there, but the earth helped her, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up all of the opposition of the dragon, which he cast out of his mouth and the dragon was so mad he was he was upset enraged with this woman so what does he do unhappiness on other areas with the remnant of her seed those and probably the um, um Remnant, the remnant of the faithful, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. So now, here you have those that are still under the law, because we have what evidence of that in verses 1 and earlier in the chapter? The temple is still in existence. There still has the Ark of the Covenant, and it is still Judah, right? But, there, but it was Christian Jews that were being attacked now specifically. That's right. That's right. Christian Jews, exactly. And so they have both those who are keeping the commandments of God to this point because they're still under that covenant and they're holding to at the same time God and the testimony of Jesus and the testimony of Jesus so here you have these people who are going to be faced with a terrible dilemma and we have examples of it in the book of Acts Paul going up to the temple, but holding to the testimony of Jesus, it becomes very awkward to them until what transpires that the book of Revelation is all about. The temple of the destruction. The temple, the heaven that he's talking about in this entire chapter beginning with verse 1 all the way through. So the dragon was wroth with the woman and, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. I have a book. The remnant being the distinctive again. It is. Yep. The remnant of her seed that makes them Jews. And then with the testimony of Jesus, it makes them Christian Jews. Christian Jews. Yeah. (laughs) We have a hard time with that. 
revealed. Yep. So that's chapter 12. Any comments on that? Well, we we can't get into the parenthetical um, area of it tonight. But, you know, I might be able to do that because all I'm going to do is a reading of it. Let's let's do that. It won't take... Uh, it won't take four or five minutes. Um, let's go to verse 7. You with me? In chapter 12, verse 7. Um, <clears throat> by the way, there are two crowns in chapter 12. The first crown as had or the head over her, uh, a, the crown of 12 stars, Judah, remember? And that's taken from Genesis, talking about the family of Jacob. Um, this word, Stephanos, is a crown of accomplishment. And you won't find that in Bullinger's. He is, it's one of those words that they just use the word to define the definition, I mean, to, in the definition. And that does not constitute a definition in any book. Where's, but, where's the second crown? And the, well, the first one is in verse 1. And the second one is in verse 3, end of verse 3. Diademata. And that one is the one of position. The seven diadems. It's it's translated diadems, but that means that there were people who had seven positions, seven positions of authority. So the first word that's translated crown, all depending on your translation here, so I'm trying to break that down in case you have different translations. The first crown in verse 1 is talking about a position of accomplishment. And they were accomplished because they were put in that position by God. But the second, the word for diadem simply means that they just have a position. There is no accomplishment. They haven't won any battles, nor war. They have just a, assumed a position. Like a political position like a, compared to a, a truly uh, head, of, head of one of the tribes of Israel. That's right. Do we have that? Uh, do you have diadem up there and see how they've done that? I found, there it is, um, crown. Oh, that's the first one. Um, there it is, diadem. Well, this because it's a um, it's a dual word, a compound word, um, and this is a binding, the binding of the head, uh, denoting, and it doesn't say that here, but it denotes position. That's the primary difference between these two words, and some of our Bibles have them translated both of them as crowns, but there is a difference, and they're very different. So let's go back to verse 7. And there was war in heaven. In war in heaven? Now, we're not talking about the original war. This is where I think some of the commentators get off base here because they don't distinguish the heavens. Now, if we pull that up on the Greek, we'll try to verify our position. 
And that's in verse 7. So there was war in heaven. All right. Now, the time frame certainly doesn't fit about the war that took place before the beginning of time, which gave cause for the beginning. This is talking about a war now that took place where? Where? Yeah, but what heaven? The Jewish heaven. The Jewish heaven. That's what we looked at chapter 12, verse 1, chapter 11, the last verse of chapter 11. forget which verse it was. But isn't that where we've been so far? These all have a specific article in the heaven, and that's where this battle is taking place. And there was war in this, ba- in this heaven, in the Jewish heaven, and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. Now the devil has already been removed from God's heavenly heaven, but now he has taken over what heaven? The Jewish heaven. heaven. In mind, in thinking, and um, that's that's what's going on here. So Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the devil fought at and uh, his angels, so there was quite a war going on. Can you imagine this now in the time frame that he's writing taking place in the heavenly heaven? Of course not. God would not have not have permitted that. This is taking place in where it could take place and that's in the Jewish he- uh, heaven, in the temple, <clears throat> and is thinking. And um, he fought against, so there was a battle here against um, um, the dragon and Michael, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more where. In the heaven, right? Yeah, in the heaven. There's a lot of these in there, specific articles that aren't in our our translation. And that's what's misleading uh, in our English. So here you have two people fighting, I mean two groups fighting, good and evil, and uh, they're both removed, or the battle is removed from uh, the Jewish heaven, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the... Now, here's where we get our definition of who we're talking about when we talked about the devil, and earlier I said we would hit that. Now we can. And he deceiveth the whole world and is cast out into... into isn't that in- interesting? Into what earth? The Jewish earth and his angels were cast out with him and I heard a loud voice saying in is that what it says? Yes. Okay. There's lots of letters in there that aren't in the translation. Oh now now he says now now is come salvation 
So before this time, what do we have? Incomplete salvation. And here he's talking about now is come what? The salvation. The salvation. That's not there either. And the strength, feminine gender, the kingdom, all of which belong to God. Uh, Those are all nominative. Uh, Which ones? Oh, of our God. Yeah. That's generative. You hear this? Yeah, it's um, Omicron. Oops. Yeah. The rest of them are all in the nominative. So you have um, you have the kingdom, the, the strength, the kingdom, and the third one was what? Um, what was the one right above that? Oh, okay. And um, the salvation now has come. Uh, the salvation. Those are all. Um, uh, well, that one is it. Nominative and um, direct object. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's. Um, I thought I had three feminine. The salvation, strength, kingdom. You got three. I got three nouns. Okay. Of God, belonging to God, God is. And they're all in the feminine gender. And they're all singular. And they all belong to God. God. Okay, that's what I wanted to get. I wanted to make sure. All right, let's move on here. And the the brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. He's the one that was the accuser. Of whom, of those that are participating in the heaven of Judaism, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Oh, so this is talking about what's taking place after the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, that's the same as we just read about in the latter verse, uh, in verse 17, and they loved not their lives unto death, so they were willing to die for their newfound belief system. Verse 12, remember now, this is just a parenthetical section of this chapter and is providing us with the reason for Israel's flight that takes place in verses 6 through 14. If you keep that in mind, then... All of what we're saying here is pretty simple, I think. There reminds me of that verse where Peter says that Satan is a roaring lion uh, around, uh, going around to deceive who he may. Yeah. During this time period. During this time period. And Paul says to Roman in chapter 16 that the God, of, the God is about to bruise Satan under your feet Right. What would you guess the next word to be? <laughs> like about to. Uh, um, um, let me see. I got. I got to read that, and we're about done. <clears throat> Roman, I think I'm sure it's sixteen. Um, 
Okay, verse 20. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The people that wrote. Does that fit in? All right. Now let's finish it up here. And therefore rejoice, ye heavens. Now this is plural. So what does that mean? Do you have that in the Greek? Can't... uh, Can't find it. We're almost... uh... All right. Now you notice they have added an article that isn't really there. So this word heavens is different from the other ones that we've been reading about because of what reason? Two. It's plural. And there is... uh, It's questionable as to the article. But it's plural where the others have been... Singular. Singular. So you see there's difference. There is a difference. So therefore, verse 12, Therefore rejoice ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them or among them. That's right. So the in, because you have a plural pronoun and it's corporate, should be translated among them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, For the devil is come down to you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he has but a short time. One last comment. How short was his time? In three and a half years. And he knew it. All right. Any questions? Time is on. Time is up. Any comments? That may just have gone through it too fast. But that's just a reading, and and we already have all the notes have uh, discussed um, uh, the historical aspects of it. We've just dis- discussed tonight the textual portion of chapter 12. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for uh, a good evening and a good spirit of learning. Uh, may we hold on to that as we go through some difficult areas beginning with chapter 13. And we pray because we are telling you that you can expect us to believe what is right. In Jesus' name, amen.